welcome to the Vector Accelerator podcast, where we dive deeply into the journey of veterans transitioning from military service into civilian identity, community, purpose, and meaning in life. I'm your co-host, Michael Halterman. My friends call me Halty, so I hope you will too. And I'm joined by Joe Laura, my fellow co-host. Say hello, Joe. Hey, how's it going? And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Ken Davenport. He is a longtime supporter of veterans and happens to be, you know, a founder and CEO of Mission Edge. Ken. Hey, how are you, Halty? Good to see you, Joe. Great, yeah. great to be here. I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for joining awesome. us, Ken. He also happens to be an author. I may have picked up one of his reads. It's less than 100 pages. It's super easy to read. So no matter how TikTok and ADHD you are, you've got time <laughs> for this one, I promise. Um, and so we might talk about that a little bit later as well. And where I'd like to start, if we can, and something we like to do, because we pull directly from chapter two, prioritization, how do you really start to figure out all of these things and ideas in transition? So reaching into chapter two of the Vector Accelerator Workbook, we're going to talk about the top five things that everybody is looking for in a job. So what are those top five things, Halty? Good question. Let's talk about it. <laughs> One, live where, you want, live where you work. And so live where you work um, has some handrails on it. Living where you work could mean you don't have like over an hour commute to get there and an hour commute to get home, or it could mean you're not getting on a plane on Monday to fly to your workplace all week and flying home on Friday. So live where you work is relative in space. Love who you work with. That one's pretty obvious. Love what you do. That one's very obvious. We all know that from the military. Work reasonable hours. That's another one that needs some handrails on it. Working reasonable hours in the modern age means you own your time. You're not necessarily doing a nine to five, punch your time card at nine and coming back out at five. Or if, you're, if that's what you want, if you're looking for a nine to five and your job ends at five and you don't get any more phone calls, that's important too. But if you own your time, whereas you don't check in at nine, you don't leave at five, you just work whenever you need to, that's another way to think about it. Last one, make good money. I didn't say baller money. I didn't say <laughs> cribs money. I didn't say rock star money. Make good money. So live where you work. Love who you work with. Love what you do. Work reasonable hours. Make good money. Now, here's the problem. At any given time, you're probably only going to get three. So that means you have to give up two. So with that as context, what two are you willing to give up? Or if you're in a more positive mindset, what three do you want? Joe, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. So I, we talk about this in, in the chapter two, right? And do. Uh, uh, it's changed for me. You know, it started out when I got out of the military. Um, I had, you know, I stayed long enough to get a pension and all those things. So money was an issue, but it wasn't the issue. I knew that I had a little bit of life support there. So I could actually you know, go for maybe other things that didn't, you know, didn't rely on, on, on earning so much. That's what led me to nonprofit. But today, like my kids are in college, that's, that's expensive. And so I had to make a shift. So my priorities changed. And I think that's the beauty of this, right? Um, but it, it's, it's the power to choose, I think is really the essence of what we're trying to get here. 
So I'm kind of curious, Ken, like, I mean, you've worked with many veterans, but for you, just hearing those five things, what resonates with you if you had to keep three and get rid of two, what's it going to be? Well, I always tell, you know, veterans that I, I work with that um, culture is more important than salary or title, right? And, I, and I've worked with a lot of veterans who, you know, they really wanted the big job. You know, they had a they had a decent sized job in the military. They had a lot of they had a, a lot of authority. They had prestige. They really wanted to duplicate that in the private sector. And so they took the big job, really not thinking about lifestyle or even culture. And always, you know, without exception, I think I maybe I can think of one who didn't, you know, quit after nine months, you know, and decide, you know, I'm, I'm going to redo this. This was not the right choice. And they start to realize that, you know, who you work with, I think ultimately is more important than even what you do and loving what you do. What you do can change. And, you're, you know, if you get into a career, you know, you're going to have different jobs. You may actually laterally move around the company. You may be doing different things, uh, particularly if it's a large company that has a, a, you know, international or national presence. And so, you know, who you work with and probably the most important thing is who, who, who are you working for? You know, I think everyone's had the experience of having um, a crappy manager or a crappy leader. Boy, it's hard to get over that, you know, and I think in the military, you, you know, you guys have probably, you know, had good leaders and bad leaders and probably the bad leaders. You couldn't wait for that your term to be up so you could go somewhere else. I think it's very much the same in the civilian world. You bring up a really good point. Um, and, and Halty, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on this, but we, you know, like not every organization is the same. So you might pick a, a trade, say, uh, lo love the thing. And so maybe it's cars, two companies that make cars. One company has a great culture. The other one, it's, it's a totally different, it's like a 180. Um, I think that's something that the veterans need to consider too. It's not just the thing. There's a lot of research involved, right? You can't just pick and then that's it. I, th I think there needs to be more there, more thought process. So what have you guys, done either for yourself or maybe work with other veterans that have tried to figure that out. The, the context of those five, I've learned through this process, my own transition, my own time now is five years as a civilian, got a full enlistment mm -hmm. as a civilian. Um, I, it's totally non-negotiable for me now mm -hmm. that I have to love who I work with and I have to love what I do. Mm -hmm. And everything okay. else is a little bit fungible to a degree, right? I, I got, if I love who I work with to Ken's point, that means I have a great manager and currently yeah. I do, but I also, as Ken also said, we know what it's like to not have a great manager. So, um, loving what I do, loving who I work with. Um, and then the last one really for me is, is working reasonable hours. And the way I contextualize that personally is I control my time. I'm totally willing to work however many hours a day because I love what I do and I love supporting my team but I get to do it at a pace that makes the most sense for me and my family yeah. doing life work balance. Yeah. 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 Well, I think to that point, until your point earlier, Joe, you know, transition is a, is a process over a long period of time. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not one and done. You're not simply getting out of the military and getting a job and that's transition. Transition right. is transitions the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. And so what I find with a lot of veterans is early on, you know, young, you know, working with the Honor Foundation, young EOD or SEAL, you know, uh, guys are getting out after, you know, six, eight years, like they have a young family, right? So to them, you know, like they're in the earning your earning part of their career. Absolutely. And many of them are choosing, you know, hey, I got to, I want to make some money, 
You know, I can I can decide about life work balance, you know, 10 years from now when my kids are in high school. Right. But right now I'm trying to I want to earn some wealth. And so their their decisions are decidedly different than the 05 or 06 who is like, hey, I got a retirement trying to figure out how do I, you know, create some purpose and how do I um, have a job that I enjoy and I feel like I'm, you know, working with great people and I've got that sort of team camaraderie. And that often may may, they may decide, you know, I'm willing to give up money in order to have the environment that I really want. So it really Mm -hmm. depends on where you are in your life and that cycle of, you know, having a family, raising kids, having you're an empty nester or your kids are in college. Yeah, it's a totally different calculation. Yeah, that makes makes a ton of sense, and and I love exactly how you phrased it. Um, it's it's leaving service to civilian life or that first job is not a one and done deal. Trend, yeah. it, it's a long term process, which leads us into our conversation topics. Yeah, um, uh, you, I mean, common pitfalls that veterans maybe tend to oversimplify in transition. Uh, what what comes to mind, Ken, with with that? Well, I think that. Um... I think, I think veterans tend to rush. And I, I think one of the challenges is that, you know, how early you start this process is really going to determine how successful you are mm. in that even first or second transition. Because a lot of the mind work and the, and the, the purpose work and the things you have to figure out about yourself are, need to happen. Now, they can, they can start to happen 18 months out, or they can start to happen 18 months after you've actually separated, right? It's up to you, depending on, you know, how early you get into the transition process. Um, and so I think you have to go through the process of figuring out, you know, what are your values and what do you really want, you know, and you've got to do that early. Uh, so the earlier you start, the more likely you're going to get to a position where you're not going to rush into a job because your runway is very short. Mm. And maybe you don't have a lot of time to really assess different options. You've got a job offer. You're going to take it. And you will ultimately probably get to that point where you figure out what you like and don't like. But it's a lot messier if you do it later than doing it early. And so I think that, you know, really depends on kind of how early you start and how much runway you have to try to figure out, um, you know, what do you really want out of your life? What's what's important to you? What are these work-life balance issues. What are your, what does your family need? What does your wife want? You know, your wife maybe is put up with, or your spouse is maybe put up with lots of, you know, PCSing and, you know, like, and you're kind of thinking, well, like I want to do something for my family now. And I want to, I don't want to take a job where I'm on the road all the time. And there's just lots of considerations you have to put into the process. Absolutely. There's so many good points that you made in there. Um, and, and starting early, I mean, it is really the, the, the foundation of all of it is starting early. And I would emphasize everything that you talked about happens. How do you prioritize? How do you figure out who you want to become? How do you figure out what your family needs at this point is a lot of communication, right? It's having lots of really sometimes uncomfortable conversations, really understanding that you need to have a dialogue with your partner, your spouse, your fiance, whoever that other person, amazing person is, your kids, helping them understand what's going on a little bit more, and then having conversations with veterans ahead of you in the process. So you can really start to look around the corner before you, you know, run out of runway and all of a sudden you're there and now you have to do something. Um, You can start seeing around corners a little bit and start to 
as you said, and use the runway better. I, I yeah. guess I would phrase it that way. You know, it's funny. I think the time, unless you're going to be, unless you've decided ahead of time that you're going to stay in uh, until retirement, I think the time to start thinking about transition is the first day of your first job in the military, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And like, you can't start soon enough. If you know that, hey, I'm going to do four and out or five and out or, you know, whatever, uh, and you know that you want to go to business school or like you're thinking like, I've got a career ahead of me and this is a stepping stone. You got to be thinking about it from the first day. Hey, mm. Alti, I got to ask you, man, you, you served 20 years or over 20 years. I served 20 plus years. How many times did you think about getting out like in, in that in that whole length of time? Yeah. Like, did you, did you think of it in your first four years and then maybe 10 years? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I was in the Marine infantry, so I thought about getting out almost every day sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> there I am. E-tool yeah. digging a hole, digging into the defense. Like, why am I doing this? And I've got how many years left? Yeah. Um, and then you hit decision points where you're like, ah, you know what, yeah. this is, this is still a good thing. I'm going to, I'm going to stick around, but yeah, I, I thought about it often. Um, and mm -hmm. I, and, and thinking about it now, having the retrospective capability to look back, if I could tell the young me one thing and Ken nailed it. And, and the place you can start is knowing your finances. That's how you yeah. start That's yeah. from the very beginning. Yeah. Right. And it's then you can start to layer on all of the other things, but all of it is kind of predicated on your ability to financially sustain yourself or get to the next place you want to be. So yeah. that's kind of how you can start that early. Yeah. And then you start layering in the how to pri prioritize all of this. You know, I think that's just brilliant because to me, the, the pressure you feel to take a job getting out is one of the things that's going to limit the fit, the, the fitment that you get with what your, what your next stage is going to be, right? The more pressure you're under to say, well, I've got, I got a month, like I got, I got a month, I got to get a job. I'm going to take a job and it's going to take, that job is going to take you down a path that you may not want to go down. And of course mm. that path may determine your subsequent decisions as well. If you have more time on the front end to say, Hey, I'm actually going to force myself to be uncomfortable. And this mm -hmm. is a conversation I have a lot with veterans. Like, you know, I know you want to rush into something because it feels uncomfortable to be still, right? But maybe you need to be still and maybe you need to have the opportunity to take a step back and say, I'm going to ask some very uncomfortable questions of myself and I'm going to have the space to be able to do that and to sit with it and to figure out really what it is that I really care about and what do I really want as opposed to rushing headlong into that next job mm -hmm. because your time frame is so short. And so mm -hmm. I really believe that, you know, stillness, you know, Ryan Holiday wrote a book about stoic book called stillness is the key. I think a lot about stillness because your best thinking comes in the time where you're most uncomfortable and you're as still as possible. And you're having to face some of these questions that you've probably put off your entire life because you've been real busy. Yeah, yeah, man, this is this is landing so well with how the program is designed. Vector Accelerator has these questions to pull you in, and uh, and this phrase slowing down to speed up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and right. Take, that's that's literally what we are doing is intentionally creating time and space right. for veterans to pay attention to you, probably right. for the very first time. Right, right? Mm -hmm. Ken, I think right. I think for the very first time. Yes. Yeah. So what yeah. slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Right. I mean. Yeah. That's it. And it, it's so counterintuitive because you think you need to be fast, but actually slowing down 
gets you into a place where there's a lot less sand in the gears later on. If you're mm -hmm. able to kind of just, you know, take a moment and realize that you are not what you do. You are who you are. That's mm -hmm. an uncomfortable thing for most people. It's been very uncomfortable for me in my career. I've a couple times in my career taken a step back and realized that, Hey, I'm not going to do next what I've done before because it's easy. Like I could know I could get another job in this industry that I'm in. I know that I could start another company. I know I could do all that, but I don't want to do, I don't want to continue on that path necessarily. Maybe I do. I don't know, but it's worth the question. Is this really where I should be right now in my life and in the, mm -hmm. the point that I'm at with my family and my career? And if you, it does take courage to take a step back and to ask some of these questions of yourself that, you know, probably society doesn't, doesn't encourage you to ask, frankly. I mean, we're all like measuring ourselves based on how fast are you going? How much money are you making? How much are you climbing the ladder? And actually, I right. think true happiness is found in being able to separate yourself from that, that river, right? And mm. take a step back on the side and look and really think about, you know, who you are, what you really want. And I know that's what you guys are focusing on. I think it's the most important piece of the transition process is getting a deeper understanding of your why, understanding who you are as a person, understanding what your internal blockages are to being able to move forward. And, you know, um, realizing that there are many things in life that you can't control. And we spend a lot of time focusing on those things mm. and not the things you can't control. And the, what you can't control is right here. It's, it's between your eyes, right? It's in your heart. It's you. And so that mm -hmm. has yeah. to be a hundred percent of the focus initially is you, you know? I, I remember th this one veteran that I was working with, this is going back a couple of years and he was going through the similar process of introspective work, mm -hmm. assuming it's time to get out and Halty, you'll remember this person who I'm talking about in the middle of this program. They realize at epiphany, I'm not ready to get out. In fact, I need mm -hmm. to stay in no. one because I didn't, I didn't do the things I needed to do. I realize now I need to go back and get educated. Um, I need to work on and then started going on this list of things they needed to do. So they ended up re, you know, signing up again, knowing that they had a deployment, that all these, these are really hard, hard, complicated decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They came in the program assuming it's time to get out and they realized I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. I need to stay in for the benefit of my kids. And he just kept on going on this amazing, detailed, thoughtful list. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the difference is that he was more thoughtful yeah. and more eyes wide open with this time and space to get clear. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's so great. And I, I think, you know, going, going back to stoicism a little bit, um, you know, the, the core of stoicism is that you have the ability to use reason over emotion. I think a lot of the decisions we make, in particular, like rushing headlong into that next job, because you want to have a paycheck and you want to feel like, hey, I'm busy and I'm doing something is maybe in a mm -hmm. more an emotional response than a reasoned response. And the idea is that if you slow things down and you're you, you're able to use reason over emotion, you can start to think through what do I really need and what do I really want? Absent of those pressures that you'll feel by looking at it from a position of anxiety, a position of stress, a position of imposter syndrome, a position, you know, whatever those things are that really drives your decisions and being able to take a step back and say, Hey, 
I want to choose the lens I look at this and I want to be in control of how I see these opportunities and I want to think mm-hmm. through it by using reason and not necessarily emotion. doesn't mean emotion doesn't play a role. You want to love what you're doing. You want to love who you work with. You want to feel good about what you're doing. But you you have to think about it rationally first in order to really understand where you need to be to find that love. Yeah. yeah. And so a way to really think about how you're thinking about things, right? To use reason. Am I, am I thinking about this correctly? And why, why am I having this emotional response really diving deeply? And that's what we're trying to do a little bit. I think in the workbook and really trying to get people to draw that full line of thinking, where is this emanating from? And then reflecting that really good conversations with their spouse, with other veterans, with people in the industry, they think they want to be in. Yeah. So that then they can even work further on that line of thinking to ensure that it is going in the correct direction. I think some of it even comes down to um, putting your own assumptions to the test. You know, is, is yeah. this is yeah. what I'm thinking really true? Like, is what mm-hmm. I'm feeling really, uh, really true? Or is this something that I've concocted in my mind, you know, um, as the right answer or because of a lot of reasons that have actually nothing to do with what I'm, uh, you know, the transition that I'm undertaking. And the Stoics were big mm-hmm. on saying, you know, don't assume that what you're feeling is right, right? Like take a step back and really put it to the test, throw it against the wall, you know, try to, un- try to break it down and understand like, what is, what is this and why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's right, but until you put it to the test, you don't really know. And so what I found in my own life is that I was making lots of decisions that later I wouldn't even understand why I made the decisions I made. Like I look back and go, mm-hmm. why did I do that? And I realized it was so autonomic in a way. Like I was, I was making decisions based on factors that really weren't in my cognitive mind, but I w- was driving me forward until I stopped that mm. and said, wait a minute, I always do this. Why am I doing this? And taking a step back and asking some hard questions, I was able to change the pattern. But until you do that, you will continue to do the same thing over and over again if you don't put those things to the test. The other thing I want I want to ask you just uh, as we get ready to to kind of wind down from this great conversation. By the way, this is awesome, Gan. So glad to have you. Um, just like what are your what are your words of encouragement? If you know if you had to give a golden piece of encouragement for that veteran, you got you got ten seconds in elevator with them. They're like, hey, I'm thinking about getting out. What do you tell them? And you hope that sticks and lands. Yeah, I mean, I, I always tell them that transition's not it's not about a job you're going to crush whatever job you get, like getting a job and crushing it, not a problem. You're going to do that. They always do. I've hired a bunch of veterans at mission edge. They always come in and everyone's like, who is this? Like wonder this wonder woman, you know, like where did they come from? Like they don't even get it. And I'm like, you're going to crush that. The question is not about a job. The question is it's about your life. Figure out Mm -hmm. you've, you've spent, four, eight, 12, 25, 30 years serving country, putting on a uniform, having a purpose, find your purpose first and the job will come. It's not about a job. It's about meaningful second, third, fourth, fifth phase of your life that's coming up. And it has nothing to do with interviewing, with resumes. It's really about how do you put yourself on a new path to serve yourself, to serve the community, to serve the country, because service is a part of living a fulfilling and meaningful life. 
at whatever whatever you're doing has got to be service has to be a part of it and that's basically what i say every time okay so um you know that thanks so much ken that just great great advice um you know halty i think it's now time to kind of wind down from this uh any final thoughts before we uh before you wrap things up i just want to thank everybody for joining us you were you were taking a huge step on really owning your own journey and you're you're diving deeply into into things that most other people don't dive into or look for or even know how to begin to ask themselves some of these questions so i'm telling you even though some of this may not be landing right now you're on the right path keep going this is worth it you are worth it so keep going we're here to help yeah thanks halty and thank you ken um Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being part of this self-discovery journey with us. Uh, you've been helping us craft this, this idea and concept for a, for a while now. And so it's so great to have you and your words of encouragement and wisdom with us. Um, how can people find you and what else are you up to? Because I know, I know you're working on some, on some things. Yeah, well, you can, you can find me mostly on LinkedIn, I guess, is the, the best way to connect with me. Um, I write a periodic blog there. Um, mostly about life, about stoicism, about, you know, kind of a lot of the topics that we talked about today. I have a new short, um, a digestible uh, stoic guide coming out about uh, how to overcome yourself and some of the barriers we've been talking about. I've been thinking about my own journey around imposter syndrome and dealing with anger, dealing with anxiety, dealing with uh, fear um dealing with shame you know a lot of the emotional things that people really don't really want to talk about but i've kind of um decided to be transparent with some of the stuff that i've been dealing with and um showing that a lot everything we deal with in life is um as old as humanity and 2000 years ago the stoics were dealing with the same challenges so you're not alone this is not the first time it's happened gives you a little bit of comfort knowing that hey, you know, I'm not the only person who's dealing with imposter syndrome, right? Um, and so I'm working on a new book. It'll be out probably next month. It's called Resi uh, Resist and Persist, and um, it'll be out on Amazon. But yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest way. And I'm always happy to have a Zoom call or talk to any veteran at any time on these issues. Uh, totally open door. Um, I, you know, really want, I think the country needs veterans to go out and be purposeful and um, you know, give back to the community. We need you. And so I want I want every veteran to be as productive as possible. Man, Ken, you're such a, an example uh, for for also for those that that never served, those our civilian uh, brothers and sisters out there that are hiring us, that are looking to maybe partner with us. Um, check out Ken as well, not just veterans, but but see what see what Ken's doing. Uh, it's it's good stuff. And so with that, folks, just thank you so much for joining uh, us on this podcast, myself and Halty, as we talk about these chapters and Vector Accelerator. Uh, you know, the just like Ken said, it's not just a one and done deal. Transition is is it's a process and it takes time. And uh, and so, you know, don't do it alone. I think that's probably one of the things that we want to keep emphasizing through every episode of this podcast we're bringing on guests and a lot of these guests we are connected to uh, just by relationships and cups of coffee and outreach. That's how we all got to know yep. each other. Uh, this stuff, this stuff works folks. Um, and so one final thing for those that are maybe wondering, what is this program about? Please check us out at vectoraccelerator.org. 
where you can download our essential transition checklist and or enroll in the accelerator program itself. There's a self-guided virtual course to accelerate your journey to clarity, conviction, and confidence. Take care, everyone.